Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Bald Face Truth. Back to The Bald Face Truth with John Kanzano on 750 The Game. Our next guest is Tom Wistersill. He is the commissioner of the Big Sky Conference. Been talking a lot of Big Sky football this season with Bruce Barnum. The uh, Vikings are on the road this weekend. They are at UC Davis at 4 o'clock Saturday. The game will be on ESPN+. The Big Sky Conference has got some games on regular ESPN this season as well. Wistersill here to talk about it. How you doing? How's the football season going for you guys? Boy, it's been a great season, John. Always fun to be with you. Just a couple of bald guys talking sports. So there we go. A good conversation as always. Give me an idea. Um, you know, when you look at kind of your premier football games uh, this year, obviously you got teams at the top of the standings. But what did it mean to you guys to have some games on ESPN and 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 that TV partnership? You know, it's a great partnership. Uh, you know, we've uh, we're in year three of that deal now. And uh, for us to be able to showcase our teams uh, on the linear network on ESPN2 on Saturday nights has been really good. You know, I mean, I, I know people have talked for years about Pac-12 after dark, and so we've kind of decided it's now Big Sky after dark. So it's worked out great. Um, you know, the way I look at it is, you know, we've got nationally competitive programs, four teams ranked in the top ten. And uh, so for us to showcase the talent level and the coaching and that of the Big Sky, to a nationwide, nationwide audience is huge. I've, I've told our presidents and ADs because sometimes they're like, oh, you know, we got to start a game at, you know, 7.30 p.m. on a Saturday night in October. And I'm like, you just got to remember, you know, in the second half, every bar east of the Mississippi has that game on. And there's not many games on at, you know, 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock on the East Coast. But Big Sky Football is on, and that's pretty special for us. So it's been a wonderful tool from a recruiting standpoint for the Big Sky. Tom Wisher still with us. The um, trickle-down effect of realignment, have you guys in the Big Sky felt any of the movement that's happening in major college football in particular? Well, we've, you know, had a lot of discussions about different things that, that could happen to the Big Sky. You know, fortunately, we've been pretty stable. I mean, I, the one thing that's really good about our, our programs, we have 12 schools in football with two, 10 full-time members, two affiliates with Davis and Polly is our schools look a lot alike. They're public institutions, you know, a lot of them kind of regionally based. Um, we have some big schools with, with big, you know, state names and city names in them, but, um, but nonetheless, you know, kind of a regionally focused. So, you know, obviously we're watching closely what's going on with the Pac-12 and the Mountain West and kind of really anxious, just like you are, to see the way that kind of plays out here over the next few months. But, um, you know, I think the great thing about our schools is we know who we are, we're very proud of that, and our goals are in front of us as we continue to grow as a conference and help our institutions along. It used to be that the payday games that some of the uh, Big Sky members would get were around two fifty, three hundred thousand. Then they started creeping towards four and five hundred thousand, and I saw one recently at six hundred fifty thousand. 
is the market for games you know against big sky teams escalating and i only frame it with rob mullins at oregon saying hey there's a really limited number of schools in the in the western part of the united states that we can play in non-conference games and not have to travel across the country to get do you get those games yeah, no, you're exactly right. It, it is escalating, and that's a good thing, obviously, for everybody. And we appreciate Rob, and he's a friend of mine, and and uh, and Oregon, and the other schools that schedule our teams. And and uh, we're fortunate, though, that the revenues continue to increase. You know, expenses for these programs. You know, when we, you know, I think they're just beginning to scratch the surface for like Washington and Oregon, and and some of the others that are going to have to travel across the country many times a year. So they have to start kind of watching their watching their budget. So rather than paying, you know, Nevada 1.3 million to come to, you know, to come to um, to Oregon, they can pay, you know, Portland State 675, 700, something like that. Still get a good local opponent. The money stays in the state, and they can save a little bit of money that they're going to send all of those teams across the country. So we think there's some benefit there to us and our institutions, and it's something we've talked about as recently as a couple of weeks ago at our uh, athletic directors' meetings. The NIT decision recently, uh, the changes to the procedures and policies don't seem that they're uh, favorable to conferences like the Big Sky or the MAC or some other places. What, what do you make of that? Uh, well, quite frankly, John, it's a real kick in the teeth to every one of our programs. That's the best way I can put it. You know, for, for that decision to happen a week before the season starts, you know, we look forward to that along with 26 other conferences. And, and you know, that was a decision made to protect six conferences and their interests and, and the revenue piece. And you know what, I, I understand the decision um, and the impact financially of the future of the tournament. So so I can I can understand that. You know, I'm a member of the men's basketball selection committee, so we talk about that stuff. But the timing of the decision is just really, really hard for us because you know, we have such a competitive conference. When you come to Boise to our conference tournament, there's no guarantee that that champion from the regular season who who played a really tough schedule and traveled you know, on commercial airlines all over the western U.S. secured the one seed. They don't have an easy road to win the championship and cut down the nets and go into the NCAA tournament. So, so you know, that, that, you know, second, if they finish second or if they don't make the finals, whatever, that opportunity to play in the NIT has been huge for us as a conference because we never, when else would we get some of those games? Last year, Eastern Washington, number one seed, lost their first game in the conference tournament went to the NIT, and they won in Pullman at Washington State. That's a huge win for Eastern Washington. So it's just really disappointing for us to get those things taken away. And then, like I said, for it to happen the week before the game goes, there's really no excuse on the timing. And uh, myself, along with 26, uh, 25 other commissioners, are very disappointed in that. A lot of the decisions that we're seeing made um, in the name of revenue fly in the face of the mission of higher education and this is this is an example of it how do you protect that element or that mission in higher education in a world in athletics now that is fueled by tv money and ambition it's a really really good question ron john really good uh good um discussion point right there and uh, quite frankly i'm not sure you can you know it used to be that you know, when we talked about APR and graduation rates and, and uh, you know, and we, we, we try to have some accountability to, 
you know, to the student athletes as well as the athletic departments to, to help help these young men and women graduate. And when you continually, you know, chase the money, um, like many in college athletics has done, and uh, and I don't begrudge them for their decisions, but but it is kind of hard to defend um, when you know a lot of the decisions don't make sense other than financially. And uh, so you know. I'm a little afraid uh, of what the future of college athletics looks like five, ten years from now and, and what happens there because we have kind of lost our way. And you don't hear people talking about, hey, look at all the student athletes we're graduating and, and look at the opportunities we're providing them to grow as, as young men and women. And, and that gets lost in this, uh, the chase for the almighty dollar and uh, to win that national championship in the CFB. And so, like I said, it's hard to defend uh, it. Uh, you know. Now, I say that also knowing that when I go to campus and I see our student athletes and I get a chance to interact with them, you know, the future is really bright for us. we got great people, great young men and women that are competing and, and graduating and, 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 and good academically as well on our campuses. Um, but it is, it is hard to defend when you're asking the, you know, the, uh, the baseball team from the former Pac-12 schools to fly across the country. And, and uh, I saw the other day, you know, like, Miami football is playing at Cal in a conference game next year. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I looked I looked it up and that's a forty four hour drive um, right. for, the, for the equipment truck. So so I, I, there's a lot in my answer there, but the bottom line is I think whenever you've decided to always chase the almighty dollar, you're not gonna end up in a really good position. Tom Wister still with us, Big Sky Conference Commissioner. You are on the Division One Men's Basketball Committee recently had a meeting, I think just a couple of days ago, in Phoenix about this. What kinds of things are you guys talking about right now? So we talked about a number of things from, uh, you know, beginning discussions as far as, you know, do we want to look at expanding the playoff bracket? And, you know, it was, it was a good discussion, you know, we're a long ways away from a decision there. So we talked about that. We talked about kind of verifying our selection procedures. Uh, you know, as we go into the basketball season of knowing kind of what we're looking at. Uh, we toured the stadium where the Final Four will be and, and drove around through the other venues where, where different uh, uh, activities will be during the Final Four. So this is kind of the pre-visit to the Final Four we make every year. And, uh, and then we have good discussion. I'm, you know, there's 12 of us on the, on the committee, all with different backgrounds, all care deeply about college basketball and you know, one of the great things besides the relationships you forge with these people, some of them I've known for 25, 30 years, but um, others I'm just kind of meeting through the process. But, you know, nobody wears any school gear. Everybody is just there as a member of the basketball committee and is hyper-focused on what's the best thing for Division One men's college basketball. And we talk about that all the time of collectively as a group, how do we move this forward and what's the correct route. So, uh, good, good day and a half of meetings down there in Phoenix, and uh, you know the season starts Monday, so everybody's pretty fired up. All right, we're excited for a big weekend of football. I'm curious to see how Portland State plays at UC Davis. Uh, you got a big slate in the Big Sky all weekend. I, you know, I appreciate you coming on with us, Tom, and we'll get you back on as uh, as the season unfolds. Always happy to come on, John, and uh, good luck to you, and uh, keep up the great work. We'll talk to you soon. All right, thank you. Tom Wistersill, he's the commissioner of the Big Sky Conference and a member of the uh, NCAA Basketball Committee. Stephen, he, agree he agrees with you. You don't like the NIT changes either. Yeah, no, I don't like it, especially the timing, like he said, was terrible. But I, I, 
I just think for these smaller schools and these smaller conferences, like getting to the NIT and playing a big time school, like you said, Eastern Washington played Washington State. Like that's a big game for them. You know, being a guy that went to Concordia when we played Oregon in the exhibition, like that's a big game for me. Even though they beat us, it's a game I want to play. So I'm with them, man. I, it's just bad timing. I think it's just all about looking at the biggest schools and trying to get the most dollars out of it. Yeah, I think that they're money hungry, and they they will go after the NCAA tournament next. You be sure of this. This is a precursor to the Power Four trying to close the loop on at-large teams and automatic bid teams from small conferences. You better believe that they're going to come after the NCAA tournament field next. All right, leave it here. Some parting thoughts. Uh, I wrote about the general today. I'll close the loop on it next.